Hi guys and welcome back to Geek Speak. I'm Taylor, your day-to-day video editor and professional pencil pusher. And welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. May I take your order? I'll have a good burger and a side of good fries. Uh, can we wrap out those fries? We need a good burger and good fries. And do you want a good shake with that? No, I'm good. Get him a good shake, too. And I'm Jalen Campbell, your local poli-sci grad and a good, gir- I- good burger employee, aren't you? Yeah, that's what it says on my W-2s. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't noticed, today we are going to be talking about Nickelodeon. And we are going to be talking about how Nickelodeon has changed throughout the years with our guests who know more about 80s and early 90s cartoons, where we know about early 90s, late 90s, 2000s, and then from our siblings, later 2000s. So if our guests would like to introduce themselves and answer our question that we ask every guest that we have on here, what are your three favorite fandoms and your favorite character from each of them? And yes, I realize I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) You go first. I'm Lee. Um, We are from Saturday Morning Showdown, where we talk about Saturday morning cartoons and any of the things related from the 80s and 90s. I also have my cat Dynamite here. Can't really see him because super he's super black and dark like Halloween. Fandoms? Honestly, like I don't have too many I'm super into, I guess. I would say obviously like Nick- Nickelodeon shows for me. Also, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I separate the work from the actual writer because I hate jk rowling but i am a ravenclaw ravenclaw and i guess i'm just trying to think of my other one i'm guess i'm a huge jim henson muppets fan i'm about to say ken confirm on the muppets our our wedding was muppets themed and everything (laughs) i'm don i'm the co-host of saturday morning showdown and also lee's husband you know it's it's funny we we make a portion of our income setting up and selling art that we make at comic cons and stuff but like I am so not into so many like nerdy fandoms, even though like I make nerdy art. So this is a hard question for me. Well, I consider personally anything a fandom. Like Parks and Recreations can be a fandom. Yeah. Family guy yeah. can be a fandom. Yeah. In my mind. I was about to say, yeah, Parks and Recreation. I'm definitely a Ron Swanson guy, even though <laughs> I am strictly not a libertarian politically. More nerdy stuff I'm into would be like Magic the Gathering, but there's not like yeah. characters that I could really answer that question about. <laughs> not really. Um, and just to, to echo the loving the art, but uh, hating the art author, big Ender's Game fan, big Orson Scott Card fan as far as the work is concerned, yeah. but God damn, is he not a raging dickbag? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sadly. Oh, boy. All right. If we want to get into it here, we are talking about the differences in the growth or degrowth. Decline. Decline. Yeah, that's a better way to put it, (laughs) depending on our opinions of Nickelodeon cartoons and how they've grown, in my opinion, at least to get us started in the 80s up to when we were watching them. I do remember the early 90s when we started watching them being less censored, if that's the best way to put it. Yes. We had Cat Dog, Ren and Stimpy is what I remember. You guys may even have ones even earlier that I don't even know of, if we want to start at the beginning, that were a lot less, even all that compared to The Amanda Show, a lot <laughs> less 
censored and i felt like it got more and more childish as time went on yeah yeah that that sort of tracks for me experimental would maybe be the word i would use like they were kind of throwing a lot (gasps) at the wall and seeing what stuck i apologize if you are not explicit because i have already cursed like three times no no and i'm now noticing that go for it (laughs) Um, yeah but you know back in the day they they did some really weird shows for me, I liked The Weird Adventures of Alex Mack, yeah, uh, which was a girl who like got superpowers and could melt into a puddle and then like float around. It was <laughs> a very strange superhero show starring the girl who I think would go on to be in 10 Things I Hate About You, which is the second time that that franchise has come up tonight. So that's weird. Ren and Stimpy was the first cartoon that they had done. So there's no earlier cartoons than Ren and Stimpy. But Ren and Stimpy, Doug, and Rugrats were the first three. And I I think all three are solid, like, weird cartoons that they were, again, just seeing what they could get away with. Yeah, all those shows are just, like, so so good that we can just re-watch them. And they still, like, we've watched them. Like, Doug, we have regularly put on. And same with Ren and Stimpy. And they definitely hold, hold up. So it just... Interesting, like they made these shows that were meant for kids, but now as adults, like we, we watch them for the nostalgia, but also they're just really good. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy was a show that John Chris Belushi, the creator of Ren and Stimpy, was definitely trying to like see how much he could get away with on yes, a kid's right. show. <laughs> um, so there was definitely jokes in that show that like I did not get as a kid and I do now. So like that's one like one example, but Doug's another example that's just like that's just a good show that held up really well, and the things that made it relatable then are relatable now. Very different shows, the two of them, and it's so weird that they both came out like within a year of each other. Yeah, I do remember all of them. We caught the end of all of them, or at least the rerun era. We caught the end of Red and Stimpy. We caught the end of Rugrats. Yeah, definitely. I still remember Rugrats very, very vividly. I think we got, see, I think we got Doug when he got bought by Disney, in which case I wonder. Yes, yes, because I remember Doug as Disney. But no, I do remember the Rugrats extremely vividly because that lasted a good amount of time, if I'm remembering. I don't know when it ended. It had a lot of seasons on. And then if we're going even farther, then the Rugrats had their spinoff that we watched as kids, how did you feel about that compared to what you saw as a kid, you specifically? Uh, wow, well, you call me mister. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> uh, all grown uh, not all grown up. Anyway. Yeah, wasn't it called all grown up? It was called all grown up. Yeah, all grown yeah, up. Okay. Yes, all grown up. Okay, what? Oh, I was thinking about grown ups. I'm like, wait, I'm like, wait, no, that's that that starts Adam Sandler. That's two different <laughs> things, <laughs> two different man children. Um, but all grown ups. It- I thought it was a good spinoff. I think it captured like what we would want to see, like how would they, you know, integrate into regular teenage or preteen society. Obviously, you don't you miss out on like the fun adventures that they had as, you know, babies in their imaginations going wild. But I thought it was a nice spinoff. Well, it's what Nickelodeon was trying to do since we caught the end of the Rugrats, weren't we about in middle school, fifth grade era when it came out or were we younger than that? I want to say we might have been younger than that. Well, that's what they were trying to do because we caught the end of Rugrats. So for the kids that were by the time that came out, I think I think we were at least like teenagers, a little bit older. So when all yeah, yeah. came out, we we're kind of. I mean, I loved Rugrats, but, but I was just kind. Of, we were kind of over it at that point. But I feel like we were in college when <laughs> yeah. All Grow Up came out. 
Yeah. I don't remember when that came out, but that's... Uh, 2003. So we weren't e- we were okay. even um... still in high school. Yeah, yeah. High school. But like senior year of high we school. Like, yeah. Yeah. But nothing compares to that weird Rugrat show that they just put on Paramount. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it looks so weird. See, once we get to the end of cartoons, I don't know what Paramount Plus is doing to all these cartoons I used to love. <sighs> yeah. Rugrats like always had kind of a weird, almost repulsive art style to it. Like those characters are not cute, but I don't know what was happening with that Paramount Plus reboot. It looks weird. What considering that show already looked weird, it looks real weird. Nickelodeon thinks they can should go into the 3D animation era, which is not needed. The most they need to go into that, in my opinion, is what they were doing with Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy, what they in did our with- era that worked, but. What they did with Jimmy Neutron and the 2012 um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. That one That was... worked because when even when we were kids, I remember Jimmy Neutron was the only 3D animation. Yeah, that thing. Everything else was still hand drawn. Hand drawn. After you go from if we're talking about live action too and how that changed, you started with all that. Did you ever watch yeah. all that? And then all that transitioned into the Amanda show. How did you feel about the differences there and maybe what they thought about all that if you guys watched it at all? Well, compared to the Amanda show, how it changed over time. I prefer all that over the Amanda show. Exactly. All that felt, no, no wonder he's on Saturday Night Live. It felt like Saturday Night Live for kids. Yeah. And then yeah. the Amanda show just was goofy. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed both, but definitely the earlier all that is what I enjoyed the most. Nickelodeon as a whole for me, especially so Rugrats, all that. Keenan and Cal, all the shows that I liked to watch um, had very diverse characters and that's what really drew that's what really drew me in i am seeing a little bit diversity going on later on as well but that's what really drew me in the nickelodeon was all the the different diverse characters nickelodeon did in my opinion did a really good job at that to begin with yeah that definitely seemed like it was like part of their mantra because it was always like consistently throughout their history they've always been really good about that in their history i feel like in our day and age it got a little bad if you're listening and don't know what we look like Jalen is african-american and the one thing he's noticed is once you get to about what'd you say when fairly odd parents came out uh that was like what 2002 i don't know but around that time period everyone was turned white and every show had the token black guy yeah that's true <laughs> well we've tried to do costumes and it's like oh i have to be the one black guy in this show no offense to aj but i, I like my hair I- I <laughs> he's bald go. yeah and then Nasty Classified as Cookie. Jimmy Neutron had Libby. Yes, there's but, always one black character to even it out. Yeah. If we're really going to go and talk about that now. That's a bit of a bummer because we always give Nickelodeon a lot of credit for that. But it sounds like after we aged out of Nickelodeon, it seems like they got a lot worse with it. That's a bummer to hear. Yeah. Or like Danny Phantom. Oh, yeah. Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> and he was always a nerd. Besides Libby, who was a female, he was always a nerd. Yes. They were pretty much the same character in each show. Yes. <laughs> the black nerd. Now, that's one thing I wouldn't have even thought of until right now. Although, in defense of the black nerds of Nickelodeon, I would say that's actually a bit of inclusion because, well, at that day and age, most, well, nerdism and black culture was not necessarily widely accepted, both in America, but also within my span of culture. Like, we were mm-hmm. like, black boys were always supposed to be like, oh, athletes. Or, you know, rap singers or like, this was what was. Yeah, no, to do. they finally changed because when Hey Arnold came out, 
Oh, what's his face? Gerald. Gerald was what the black stereotype. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. But he was still the token black character. Yeah. That's another show I really like, too. Um, well, he was, yeah, they had Gerald as the token black hair, but they also had the neighbors in the apartment. I think his name was like Mr. Yin or something. They had him. Oh, yes, yes. yes. See, that show was even doing a good job there. There was that. Yeah. That show was pretty intelligent. Like, I, I always enjoy watching that show. I felt like that show was super intelligent. Wait, that mailman was also black. Oh, yes. That show wasn't <laughs> as bad. It started around the Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. And the most diverse show was SpongeBob. Can we blame Dan Snyder for that? Like, is that something I can just like write him off for? Pretty much. Do it. Dan Snyder, <laughs> he, it, people need to go look into him. Uh, oh, what's I her know. face? Not Miranda. Jeanette McCurdy. Yeah, she just yeah. wrote a book recently all about her time on Nickelodeon. Everyone needs to go read that. Dan Snyder. She doesn't yeah. mention him by name, but it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those, like, when it came out, everyone went, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because he was always kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you can say that again. Oh, God. He's and I'm not knocking your area Nickelodeon. We had John Chris Felucci, who was also a scumbag. So, I yes. mean, you know. The live action in our area wasn't run by the best people. The animation, what's his face? We did Fairly Odd Parents and then... Butch Hartman? Yes, he... I thought there was controversy around him. I don't know, but as a creator, maybe there is. I still watch him on TikTok all the time, so... As far as I can tell, he's not doing too bad. I mean, at least, I mean, luckily he didn't have too much, you know, headaches like the people of SpongeBob, which. What uh, happened to them? So basically it's more or less like creative differences and also like they're asking like, oh, should we continue on with what, you know, the original creator wanted since the original creator died? Oh yeah, true. So it's like. Because SpongeBob changed. That's one show. If you want to see the change on Nickelodeon, watch something like that because it grew with the changes that were happening on Nickelodeon. Yeah. And kind of, when it started out, it reminded me kind of of Rem and Stimpy, Cat Dog, Hey Arnold. It had those more adult type jokes if you watch the first and like second season. But then it got more kid censored. And it went from your normal cartoon that's like, we can take everyone in all ages seriously to- Like um, what kind of jokes? The Panty Raid joke. Yeah. Th th that episode's <laughs> not even on TV anymore. They banned that episode. Yeah. When Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob and Patrick go on a panty raid and steal bloomers from a house that ends up being oh wow Krabs' mother's house. Yeah. But they banned that from TV because of that. And now the episodes are like, I ripped my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because like I'm familiar with this channel more than others, but like there's a lot of that in Nickelodeon where there's like episodes of shows that are just missing. Like I almost want to do an entire episode of our show on these like lost media Nickelodeon episodes because there's mm -hmm. a ton of them. I think yeah. SpongeBob has like a full dozen episodes that got lost over the years for various reasons. Censored themselves and then slowly started taking away everything. Yeah. Because of how they were censoring. Is either they censor it or in the case of SpongeBob, like it went from a show that everyone can enjoy that had jokes for all ages to really dumbing it down to like, I would just say brainless cartoons and yeah because it got worse because both of us have younger siblings mine are four years younger than me and how young is your sister nine years she's nine younger. years younger than you so wow. we saw even the generation after us on tv as well and how it got more and more censored and the shows got more and more almost dumber patrick got flanderized into being the mean jerk that only cares about foods spongebob became less intelligent and more childlike and then they started making even more fun of him that's why as a actually a musical theater nerd the spongebob musical is such a big thing because they talk about his species and it's almost like like a race thing 
yeah on the sponge because he became such a meme of a sponge being one cell stupidity but i wouldn't say everything in our era was bad i was obsessed with fairly odd parents rocket power which was early in our time that didn't last long yeah i remember rocket power jimmy neutron as you said that was a little more diverse and had some adult yeah jokes if you go yeah, it, that definitely had a lot more adult jokes. I would always say, like, I, of course, I'm a Cartoon Network kid. You know, I grew up on the great classics. I will say I enjoyed, I think, Jimmy Neutron. I enjoy it more than Dexter's Laboratory. Interesting. I love me some Dexter's Laboratory, too. So I'll have to check Jimmy Neutron out. Something in the censored area of Nickelodeon, it went a little bit far farther because one of the kids was in love with one of the other kids' moms. And they weren't afraid to cut. They weren't afraid to go too far with that. They weren't afraid to take those jokes to an almost an inappropriate level. Wait, you don't remember that Carl was in love with Jimmy's mom? And there's that meme on the internet of the because he's obsessed with llamas of the llama dressing up like Jimmy's mom. Oh my god, no! (laughs) Because he has a llama addiction as well. Oh Jesus! Okay, forget about Stacy's mom. It's Jimmy's mom, apparently. Nothing against you, Stacy's mom. <laughs> the syllables works. If we knew a rock band, we could make that cover happen. Don, I have a mission for you. <laughs> yeah, I can only pay you one dollar. <laughs> one dollar, but with this one dollar, I think you can make it. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. I feel like Mark would do it with me. Mark would yeah. definitely do it. <laughs> Add it to your list. Yeah, SpongeBob. But I will say, at least like when I first moved to Philadelphia, because for some reason. My apartment didn't have any much good channel, so I had to watch Nick, Nickelodeon from time to time. The newer episode of SpongeBob really returned back to formal with like the earlier season, so at least SpongeBob grew a little bit of a so break. So you think they're starting to now revert back I'm... a little bit? Because I haven't. I stopped watching after my sisters grew out of it. I mean, a bit. At least with the main SpongeBob show. I've watched people review the Patrick Star show and the um, Camp Coral, and they say um, avoid. Like yeah, plague, but... <laughs> well, that's that weird 3D animation that's on Paramount Plus. Well, that's Camp Coral, but the Patrick Star show is hand drawn. Oh, it is. Yeah, but it's just like, do you really think that Patrick Star can really carry his own show with what he's with the antics he has now? <laughs> but the one thing you were telling me is you loved the reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've seen most of the iterations of Teenage. I've seen like the '80s version. I think because of Boomerang. Maybe they, maybe Boomerang had that. But then I grew up on the 2003, like, hand-drawn, serious, dark one. The 2012 computer animated one was interesting because they didn't shy away from dark things, but also at the same time, it's like, they really go ham with some of the mutations from, like, the Krang's mutagen. Definitely go up and ante with, like, the horror, not the horror, but the danger levels of the Shredder and their personal battles and everything. That show was great. It ran for like, I want to say seven seasons. Oh, wow. Seven or five seasons. And it covered a lot of different themes. It it was very well done. It was, it pretty much fit in the same wheelhouse as Danny Phantom or like the Avatar series. It was that good. There's like a notable episode where the turtles kind of go through time and see the, the various iterations of turtles. Is that part of the 2012 one or is that the part of the one that comes after? That's part of the 2012s. Okay, cool. They go meet their 1980s counterparts. They yeah. meet the actual, the first comic counterparts, which don't say anything was actually the most, like the first comic iteration of Teenage yeah. Mutant Turtles. Violent as hell. Oh yeah. I have oh yeah. Comic books. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, they did a team up with their 
1980s selves. And I love how le- how 2012 Leonardo was so annoyed with his 80s counterpart just saying, it's shell power or it's turtle time. He's like, will you stop saying that? <laughs> and they had the original 80s actors for the, for the 80s Ninja Turtles when oh, wow. they came in. Yeah. 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 One of the funny things is I think I think the 80s Raphael voices the 2012 Leonardo too. So he did both voices. And I might be wrong about which turtles, but one of the original actors from the original series does voice one of the a different turtle in the uh in the 2012 version. So when he when they went back in time, he voiced both characters, which is funny to me. Doesn't uh Leonardo follow us on Instagram? One of the Leonardos <laughs> does, yeah. I forget who. Yes. I know Seth Green cool. plays Leon voices Leonardo after season three or maybe this season four. He does? Yeah, because the original voice actor for Leonardo, I think, had went through there was something happened. So they replaced they replaced him with Seth Green. Oh, and- that's interesting. I'm seeing if I can look it up real quick, but I'm pretty sure it's Rob Paulson who voices someone from both iterations of Turtles. That sounds familiar. Also Pinky and the Brain. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. yes, I was. I was. I had that in the back of my head, and I almost thought that was Coach Network for a second. That is No, no. Piggy and the Brain was part of was part of Animaniacs, which was mostly played on Cartoon Network. Yeah, but it was on Nickelodeon. I think it was at some one point. Yeah, one point. Yeah, yeah, one point it was. So yeah, Rob Paulson voices Donatello in the 2012 to 2017 iteration, and he also voices the 1987 Raphael. Ah. Because wow. he originally did voice the 1987 Raphael. Was Chalk Zone on Nickelodeon? Chalk, Chalk, Zone, Chalk Zone was Nickelodeon. How did I forget about that? I used to love that show. How did we forget Marco's Modern Life where the main character works for a sex phone operating? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> See, that's what went away. And then brought it back for Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard that was good. I haven't watched that, but I heard it was good. I... Rocco's Modern Life was during my time, and I loved that show, so I was almost afraid to watch the new version. Oh, no, the new version was great. It, yeah, yeah I, haven't, I'm, okay. I agreed. I was almost afraid to watch it, because I watched reruns when I got older. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we missed it by the time, kind of. Damn. We were on, like, the, we showed up on, like, the last season of all the 80s and 90s yeah. shows, and then, like, the year or two of repeats that went on for a while before we got Rocket Power and Chalk Zone. Wild thornberries? Oh, yeah. Uh, I love the wild thornberries. Teaching people to talk to animals is fine. And didn't their parents always run into the same two poultries? I swear, I think they always had the same recurring villains. And they and each time, it's like, you can't see through that disguise. What is wrong? Well, well, that's what happens in every show. Yeah, I was just about to say that. The only show I can think of that had multiple villains. Not even, because most of them were anti-heroes in uh, Timmy Turner. Because Crocker's a villain... The aliens were uh, kind of neutral. Vicky was a villain. Ron Dissimo was neutral. Anti, Anti-Cosmo was a villain. The mastermind of everything. Anti-Wanda. You can't consider her anything. She's stupid. She's crunk. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you could say that show had multiple villains. But besides that. I mean, Jimmy Neutron had also multiple villains. But I don't. Uh... Oh, obviously, Danny Phantom had the ghost on. Yes. So, yeah, that was one thing that changed. They developed. They may have not diversified their characters. But they gave us more variety of characters and lots of different recurring characters. Yes. And I will say at least they gave episodes of their backstories. 
like with our parents, they gave Crocker an episode where we explore his, you know, worst day and Timmy trying to correct that. And then we had, um, we obviously had a few episodes exploring Plankton's history with crabs, with which I would always say like, well, SpongeBob had a bunch of characters. That's not even what I mean. It's just like Jimmy Neutron and Trey Loud parents were very good at we're gonna bring this character in for so many episodes and then they're just not gonna be there, but they're still coming. Like Fairly Odd Parents had Chimp Skylark and Catman's Laugh Rot Man, Mondismo, Anti-Cosmo. But they came back. It wasn't kind of like one and done. We actually got to learn about what went on with them. I mean, we did at some points. Yeah, like I, that seems more like in the style of the old ones, it was kind of like. Here are your set characters. Maybe there's going to be a cameo of someone. Yeah. And then we're not really going to see him again. I don't know if that's an improvement or not, but that was the thing that changed. Definitely want nuances from your villains. Or your... Not even villains. Not all of them were villains. Well, villains, anti-heroes. Like Jorgen von Strangle isn't a villain. She's, he started off as one. He did? Like, they did a James Bond parody and he was the villain. <laughs> like, he, like, he was a great A classical jerk. <laughs> I haven't seen the Fairly Odd Parents in a long time. I mean, he changed over time. Like, same with Crocker. Like, in certain modern day episodes, he's like, it's more or less like he's kind of indifferent. Like, he helped Timmy, like, reverse a few things from time to time. <laughs> Ironically, while also trying to figure out whether or not they were in, stranded in, in New Jersey for some reason. I don't know why. You never want to be stranded in New Jersey. No. No, I, I, I avoid it like the plague. Now that we've talked about all the cartoons, how would you compare what Dan Schneider did to all these live actions and all the old live actions that we saw fade out as we were young? I mean, wants to make an M. Night Shyamalan joke with this, but I have so much respect for M. Night Shyamalan from time to time. From time to time. He lands them like every once in a while. Yes. Obviously not with the last Airbender movie, but... No, what happened was they developed... Teen Nick, air quotations. And everything had to be, we are teenagers. This is a teen drama. This is no longer like all that and Keenan and Callum funny. Like, yes, they're funny, but they're based around boy problems and girl problems in school and not like the way Nice Declassified did it, which was before we transferred kind of all into that. They were all high school based. Yeah. Where teenagers, if you're like nine or 10, you're not going to understand what's going on. Yeah. That's interesting, because, yeah, the older shows are definitely for a younger audience. The thing that was really confusing me with Teen Nick was when they brought the, back the 90s all that. The time slots they picked for that were, like, the 2 to 3 a.m. slot. And I'm like, uh. you're putting this on Teen Nick, so teenagers aren't watching this. But you're trying to put this towards the adults, but the adults work and are old and need to go to sleep at a certain hour. So why? It just didn't make sense. And then they, like, yeah, they put on, like, Keenan and Kel and all that and Rugrats and Hey Dude, but it didn't make sense of how they, why they put that on Teen Nick and why they chose the hour that they did. Like, I definitely think, like, when you look at old Dan Schneider's stuff, I want to say this was Nick's attempt to try to compete with Disney Channel's live action stuff. Obviously, with Nick, it's like, yeah, we can do the same thing that Disney's doing, but we can make it a little bit more, a little bit more mature and take routes that obviously Disney's not going to take because the wholesomeness of Disney. Like, obviously, you have like a few characters on iCarly or um, Victorious. Obviously, they will. Well, they those were sweat. even like later in our time period. I'm thinking like Drake mm-hmm. and Josh and. Well, they still. Well, iCarly was our time period, but what else was there? Zoe 101 was our time period. Was that also Dan Schneider? I'm not actually sure who made Zoe 101. I'm not sure it was. Feel like that's Dan Schneider. I'm pretty sure. Well, either yeah. way, like when you look at those shows, they're probably saying like, 
you have the characters obviously being more, I would say, alive than what you would say with Disney Channel shows. Yeah. And obviously they're saying where it's like you would never hear on like Disney Channel. Like, well, you wouldn't have a Drake on Disney Channel. The closest he had to Drake was Zach. Yeah, and I wouldn't even consider that. Drake is like a womanizer, a high school version of a womanizer. Nickelodeon was being trying to be more adult than Disney in our time period, even though they were censoring themselves in their cartoons. Surprisingly, because we had Drake, which would never be on Nickelodeon. I mean, Disney Channel <laughs> was a womanizer. Then even in Zoe 101, you had Logan, womanizer bully. Yes. I probably didn't really have a womanizer, but that was af- kind of after those things set up. Yeah. Shoe Jackson VP didn't No, he one. was an idiot, the guy in that show. No, Spencer was not a... Spencer was not a womanizer. No, but... Well, we can definitely tell by that guy's wacky personality he got around. <laughs> well, that's what they're saying in the new one. I mean, updated iCarly. Yes, but even in the classic iCarly's, I mean, he had his moments. True. He was definitely more... They were definitely more adult as we're trying to yes. say. They focused more on high school problems. I'm not pretty enough to be with this person, even though the ugly nerd ended up with the womanizer in Zoe 101. True. And, but they kept it a secret. Uh, problems that teenagers yeah faced that Nickelodeon wouldn't even get. I mean, Disney... Oh, why do I keep missing them up? Disney Channel wouldn't even get into. True. Could you think of anything? I mean, Victorious is basically movie, you know, stars right then and there, but no one's really a woman. Unless you want to count back, but that's like accidental womanizing. No, no, he is, but he's not... He doesn't... Drake. He is, but he is respectful about it. But he could easily be one if he wanted to. Yes. And they always went more crazy than Disney Channel with their characters. Yes, indeed. We had in Drake and Josh, the guy who played Spencer actually played some dude named Crazy Steve, who I'm pretty sure had mental issues. And then you had our sassy black woman, Helen, whose line is very, very funny. I will use that for everything. Can you stay on the trash? That is not my job. And then my mom gets mad at me and I'm like, (laughs) okay, mom, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Then if we're going to be in the live action era before we get back to some of the shows that we started to remember that kind of faded out in our time period and didn't last very long, the forgotten shows. And then we'll we'll compare everything to the newer stuff or even the stuff that was four years after our time with my sisters or nine years after with what his sister saw was the era of YouTuber Fred taking over Nickelodeon. Are you guys familiar with Fred? No. Vaguely. You want to take this on since I I don't even know how to explain it. But he was a YouTuber that had his own, like, at the very start of YouTube, Fred was his character. I forget the guy's actual name. I still watch him on YouTube, but I forget his name. Was this character he created on YouTube that had, like, a really high-pitched voice, was a nerd. His mom was kind of, like, aloof and a drunk, kind of, and his dad was Arnold Schwarzenegger. John Cena. John Cena. Why did I say Arnold Schwarzenegger? John Cena, because they actually got John Cena to be in the movie. Yeah, that's pretty funny. He lived in the refrigerator. Yeah, what, what? He always popped out of the refrigerator, remember? No. <laughs> yes. But they had two movies that did not do well at all. Yeah, I was about to say, I remember the movie coming out. I think it got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes or, or something in that ballpark. And then somehow it got a sequel. It got a series. And then somehow it got a series. I think that only lasted one season. Yeah. And I'm not sure how, but he started taking over. And that's when the live action, in my opinion, started going downhill. Because then he went on from 
Fred to a show called Marvin Marvin that only lasted one season where he played a character similar to Fred that was an alien. For context, it's more or less like Mork and Mindy if Robin Williams was downgraded to something that should never be compared to Robin Williams. Even the YouTuber himself is embarrassed over that show and knew it was bad. I've watched him talk about it years later on his channel and he knows Fred was terrible and crap. He, he knows it himself. Good thing he missed his mistakes. That's, that makes him the best human being I've ever met. But that is when the internet age started taking over. But we were also thinking about all the forgotten shows that didn't last long during our time period. And those were, when we started looking at it, the ones that had more of that 90s feel. Yes, such as Invader Zim, if you guys are familiar with it. Yeah, yep. loved, loved Invader Zim. That's another one they brought back, didn't they? Yes, it has a movie on Netflix. I, I need to watch that. I didn't know. That. I haven't watched Same. that yet. Because that was the one that all my friends were obsessed with growing up. That I think had the closest thing to a more 90s feel. Yeah. And then kind of in my sister's generation as we're slowly going to transfer over there. That's when Cat Scratch came out, which was like a censored Remin Stimpy almost. Slightly. I mean, it was basically what would happen if three anamorphic cats became billionaires. In which case you're like, ouch. And it kind of played more into the 90s feel versus everything else that was going on. But then when, were there any others from our generation that you wanted to mention before we moved on to what Nickelodeon turned into? Sorry, I'm I'm trying to compare myself to three cartoon cats that are billionaires. But um, if you want to talk about (laughs) As Told by Ginger, that's a a nice, that was a show that had a bit of 90s feel. You think it did? It was more or less like Doug, but just a little bit more serious. I don't know if you either of you seen. I no, I've never even heard of that one. I heard of that one. I, I told by Ginger. Yeah, I like that one. That one lasted a while. That one felt kind of more like Doug, but from a female's perspective. Yeah. Serious. Okay. So that one lasted. But after you went through the research of the 90s, kind of in the middle of the transfer between us and our younger siblings to today's era, I still felt like Nickelodeon was even my thing when my sisters were watching it because. The teen shows were so adult-based that you could watch it throughout your teen years, even unlike Disney Channel. Even those felt too young for me at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all the cartoons, the one thing they started doing was taking movies and turning them into cartoons. Yeah. Although, technically speaking, Jimmy Neutron started that trend because it was a movie first and then it... It was? Yeah, it came out as a movie first. It but didn't... like movie theater movies. It was a movie theater movie. Huh, I didn't know that. I remember seeing that with my dad. And then, because afterwards we went to Uno's and I had a pizza and he had a Hennessy. <laughs> but they started doing that. So you've probably heard of some of the movies that these things came out. They started making what my sisters watched was a Penguins of Madagascar mo- TV show based off of the movie Madagascar. How oh, interesting. A Kung Fu Panda TV show based off of, obviously, Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda. And then what else was there? Monsters vs. Aliens, the series, and um, Back at the Barnyard from the hit movie Barnyard. And they just recently redid Alvin and the Chipmunks, but that's not even based off of a movie, technically, kind of. No, no. No, because the movie's based on a TV show, which is based on a comic series, so really. I watched two of those shows. Actually, no, three. How do you feel about that change compared to the 90s where we started, the 2000s that we talked about? I mean, again, it was a nice collection of trying to figure out, like, Obviously, which movies was set was the huge trends. I mean, they knocked it out of the park with um, Kung Fu Panda because obviously, like, it's getting a fourth movie and, like, you know, that's a renowned Dreamworks series. I'm surprised that Disney, that, not Disney, Nickelodeon <laughs> never made a Shrek series. 
Did they, they do they own Shrek? No, it's DreamWorks. No, yeah. DreamWorks owns Shrek. Yeah, so technically, yeah. DreamWorks owns Shrek, and most of these shows that we're talking about were DreamWorks movies. Yeah. So yeah. Technically, if Nick, you know, had more of a brain, they could have been like, let's make a Shrek series. That could have actually helped. Do we so- think? I'm not sure. I'm just asking a wide question. Was Nickelodeon slowly going down the drain at all during that time period, and they had to use the movies to draw back in audiences, or was that just... An- they just wanted to use movies to use movies. I mean, I forget what was going on around then. Technically, around that time, like you did have the emergence of the Clone Wars at Cartoon Network, and that started off as a movie. And obviously, when the series got picked up by Cartoon Network, that was hitting the ground running and that was making bank for Cartoon Network. So for Nickelodeon, they're like, we have all these DreamWorks movies coming out, like that did good in the box office. Pick one that's going to make us the most money, that's going to be the most successful. And try to make a series of it. Those were the most successful series, I would say, during my sister's time period. Penguins of Madagascar almost felt like minions for TV. They need to make a minions TV show. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's kind of the Disney model, though, when you think about it. Like in the 90s, there was a Little Mermaid TV show. Oh, yeah. There was an Aladdin TV show. So yeah, Nick, like Nickelodeon's almost... 20 years too late to the party doing what what Disney was doing back then. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. It was working for them, though. The shows that did bad during our siblings' generation were things that didn't follow that. Like, if you want to mention some of them, they drive you insane. Oh, yeah. Fanboy and Shum Shum, just go die. <laughs> Mighty B, please just get some insecticide for that. There were bad combinations of them trying to be censored from the 2000s, but bring back the 90s comedic oh no they weren't they were not bringing back the nice community they were just taking all the goof not the goofiness the trend-setting stuff of 20 of the 2010s and trying to make that into a show like breadwinners they literally had two ducks twerking (laughs) most of the time i'm like well most of them just felt like stupidity well like fanboy and chum chum were superheroes that were just stupid although emperor poopatine was a funny thing (laughs) i gotta give him that front (laughs) they were just stupid (laughs) Even the Jimmy Neutron spinoff, which was called Planet Sheen. Sheen's an idiot. They were just shows based on idiots. Yes. I don't know what was going on, but there was a trend of... They wanted comedic stuff. I call it the Cleveland show effect. I feel like children's IQ was lowering or something. Ouch. (laughs) What? Everything just got... Unless you were a teenager who was watching the more serious... Not serious, but they at least had more complex storylines. And you were now watching the more complex adult teen shows everything was very one iq point on nickelodeon and that's ironically the dark ages of nickelodeon was cartoon network's golden age yeah yeah that's that's very fair yeah it's a shame i feel like at least during our era nickelodeon's mantra was like don't talk down to kids don't make it just a stupid show for kids make it a good show for kids and it seems like they've lost their way on that front and it's just stupid shows now yeah Yeah, Yeah. once you're watching the live action teen shows which aren't even doing that great nowadays no they've almost gone down the stupidity route too when we were watching them while our sisters were seeing things like fanboy and chum chum and the madagascar penguins that were kind of minionized we still had zoe 101 and victorious and drake and josh that were all more seriously teen based but now the live action shows are like all superhero based we got the thunder men's man's Thundermans. the uh, henry danger the danger force which is a spin-off of henry danger like it's all superhero based and they're not very good superheroes 
No, they're not. It's, they're not as stupid as Fanboy and Chum Chum, but the complex stuff of like teen drama has gone out the window. It's not as bad as Fred. Nothing will ever be as bad as Fred, but that kind of started the trend. Yes. You may be able to say that. Unless you're watching Paramount Plus with like the new stuff, even that's not great, but it's not awful. But if you're actually watching Nickelodeon on cable, it has turned into stupidity. Yeah. If I didn't even think I would get to that point today, but yeah. I can end it saying Nickelodeon has gone from adult humor to shows that lasted long periods of time and were pretty good. Nick, Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob, that slowly got censored as time went on, but they lasted and they developed their characters and went on for a while to straight stupidity or grabbing things from movies because there wasn't anything else. I'll end it on a high note, though. And I think the show's only, I want to say, like two or three years old, but they did a reboot very recently of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, like, yes. very new. That was really that good. Was really that good. Was I was good. very, very surprised how much I that enjoyed was that. was good. I almost forgot about that. Their reboots yeah. are doing pretty good because they did that. Well, not all of them. They redid all that on uh, Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. That, that, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. And they redid A Legend of the Hidden Temple as well. Ooh, yeah. Oh, gosh, I forgot about Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, no, their reboots, besides the all that, are actually doing pretty good. They're not too good at original shows anymore. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, and that's, like, across Hollywood, like, just coming up with original content. Like, everything's getting rebooted. And what some of it turns out being good. Some of it turns out really bad. But, like, original content is just not there. And not with Nickelodeon. No, it's not, not with Nickelodeon. Unfortunately, it's not with Cartoon Network nowadays. Because they are, um, thanks to the um, HBO Max and the um, Discovery Plus thing, Cartoon Network might be going extinct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Most wow. things are. At least Paramount Plus is, like, adopting Nickelodeon. And also you have some creators making their own stuff. I mean, I think the creators of Avatar have their own production company, so they're not tethered yeah, to Nickelodeon. That's anymore. why they're going to make yeah. a movie now. Yes. Yeah. See, that is one thing. I didn't, I didn't even mention this because it almost feels like an anime in my head. But the one thing out of our generation that I can say was extremely successful is Avatar The Last Airbender. Because it was very anime-based and for a cartoon very adult focused without having to have crude, crude humor. Yes. Although technically it was also censored because according to Amanda, there was, they wanted to do actual mixed martial arts where you can actually punch someone and it's like, ow, but they said, uh, but next like, ah, we don't want to encourage violence. So can you please make it a little, make him bend elements so that, you know. Yes. Cause avatar was about a world where people had elements. So they could bend and yeah, that was the yeah. that was actually born out of that um censorship. Originally, bending was not part of the original thing. Oh, so that was Disney sent not <laughs> why do we keep doing this? Disney, Nick. <sighs> <laughs> Nickelodeon is dying, and that's why we keep saying Disney, I guess. I'll I'll echo your sentiment there though. That a- Avatar the Last Airbender came out when I was like a sophomore in high school, so I was definitely too cool for school for Nickelodeon and that show was still goddamn good. And I watched it. Yes. I will say that is one thing I can extremely appreciate from my time on Nickelodeon. It definitely hit on the adult themes. Like this was something I was like, wow, I never thought Nickelodeon would actually hit this or like get something like this on this, on its roster. But it definitely, it definitely hits. Took away from everything Bart, whatever his name was, the guy who made 
Fairly Odd Parents. And oh, Butch Hartman. Butch. Why do I keep calling him Bart? Butch was Simpson. doing on Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Tough Phantom. Puppy and Danny Phantom. He was like the cartoonist yeah. of that time period. And then that took away from it. So as we've learned, crude humor and good comedy to censored, but character developed long running TV shows and Avatar to stupidity. <laughs> the life <laughs> of Nickelodeon. Before we go, do you guys want to tell us where they can find you online and what's going on with you guys? Sure. So you can find uh, us on, so we are on Instagram and Facebook at Apit Fusion. We have a Facebook group called Saturday Morning Showdown where we talk about um, our podcast. Podcast is called Saturday Morning Showdown about 80s and 90s cartoons. That you can find on all the different platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. And we're also, everything that I just talked about, we also have a link tree and that's also at Apit Fusion. Um, where we have our pod- all of our podcast episodes and all of our links to our Etsy shop and all of our social media links. All right. That's wonderful. They'll go, go check them out. Definitely. We actually, we didn't even mention this yet. We actually just recorded a podcast with them. And when this finally comes out, it would have definitely been out a while ago, but <laughs> still go check it out. Especially if you're a fan of Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide. One of what we didn't say, one of the more goofy and funny live action shows of our time period surprisingly good man i i was on board i want to check more of that show out yeah agreed <laughs> same made by the same people that made big time rush yes one of uh, your favorite shows which was more goofy and not as it had teen based stuff but it was a good mixture i will say me and my friend would always just we were in high school freshman in high school we'd still sing some of their songs like in algebra two. See, they they were good. They got sounds out of it. But with that, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, even though I'm very unactive on Twitter, (laughs) as I always say, at GeekSpeakJT. For if you go on our Twitter, you see sneak peeks to who our guests are going to be that week, trailers on what our episodes are going to have, and just all around stuff about our geeky lives. So don't forget to follow us. And don't forget to come back here every Friday for new episodes. And we will see you in the future. Bye, everybody. Bye.